Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Today's episode is brought to you by Vivo Life. If you're after plant-based supplements that are also sustainable and ethical, I recommend Vivo Life. They make all of their products in their renewable energy-powered factory in Glastonbury here in the UK, and they are a certified carbon-neutral company, planting one tree for every single order they receive. Now, many health professionals on this podcast have taught me that a healthy diet is the most important thing, but sometimes the right supplements can fill in the gaps that our diets are missing. I take their vitamin D3, omega-3 and B12 daily as they keep my immune system in check and hit the key nutrients that can be hard to get when following a plant-based diet. So if you're looking for natural plant-based supplements that can help you feeling energized and healthy, then head over to vivolife.co.uk and use the discount code TALKINGTASTEBUDS to get 10% of your first purchase. Thanks very much to Vivo Life. Welcome back to Talking Taste Buds Season 6. I'm Venetia Lamana and in this series I chat to inspiring thinkers and leaders who encourage people like you and me to live a conscious and full life. If you're new here, please do subscribe, rate and review. It makes a massive difference in chart positions and ultimately getting the word of the podcast out there. Patagonia is a heel-stomping social media sensation who brings drag advocacy and activism into the outdoors. She burst onto Instagram back in October 2018 thanks to Wynne Wiley, a photographer, educator and creative director from Nebraska. Last week, I caught up with Wynne on video chat to discuss how Patty has changed his life. We discuss food as love, coming out, drag, what it means to be an activist, both online and in the outdoors, and so much more. I'm super grateful to Wynne and Patty for coming on this show, but also for existing. Patty's Instagram is a bubble of sunshine, joy, and rainbows. And as always, links to my guests will be in the show notes. I really hope you enjoy this episode. Let's get into it. Firstly, I'd like to say thank you so much for joining me on this podcast. When I realized that I had the technical capabilities to interview people in other parts of the world, you were honestly first on my list. I am very honored. So let's start as we always do. What did you have for breakfast? I knew you were going to ask me this question. And so I was like, am I going to try to like make like the most delicious breakfast I've ever had? And then I said, nope, I'm just going to have like three eggs and toast. <laughs> like I usually do. So I had three eggs and toast. Um, but Patty had um, potatoes, tomatoes, carrots, twigs, <laughs> trees, <laughs> leaves. <laughs> She always eats a bowl full of nature for breakfast. Various things she's foraged from outside. Various things from the backyard, you know, like a little bit of like a, like a weathered like garden hose, you know, it makes a really good dessert. So let's talk about your life growing up. You grew up in Lincoln, Nebraska. Um, I did some research on where Nebraska is yesterday when we, when we chatted, but tell me about the place and your family and your kind of life growing up and your memories of growing up. 
totally. Okay, I have a question for you though. When you think of Nebraska, what do you think of? I think countryside. Mm -hmm. Tell me more. Trees, big, tall trees. Okay, tell me more. Um, possibly a lot of plaid shirts. Mm -hmm. And maybe Keep one of back. those um, speakeasy, is it speakeasy bars? Is that the Ooh. right word? Sure, yes. Like the bars in the back of like some like other bar and it's like the secret like like place where cowboys hang out, you know, yes. that kind of thing. Yes. Um, so it's all that. <laughs> and then it's also way more. I don't know. It's, it's So it's kind of crazy. So Nebraska is like smack dab in the middle of the United States. For all your listeners in England and other places, like it is this very rural like farmland environment. But also it's like a really, really special place that just like embraces nature and is just like any other normal place and just has like the kindest people that I've ever met. Like I'm so thankful to be from here. Um, but it's definitely this kind of just like clash of like cowboy culture and farm culture and just kind of like a normal city. So yeah, born and raised in Lincoln, this little liberal bubble in the middle of Nebraska. But people say it's like the middle of like, it's like the middle of nowhere, but like, I think it's the middle of everywhere. So I love it. It's the epicenter of your world. Yeah, yeah. And tell me about the kind of food that you grew up eating and mm. your kind of strongest memories of food, whether or not you even liked food. I know, I mean, I wasn't bothered about food until I was in my teens. What was your relationship with food like when you were little? That's a good question. Um, I was really thankful to have like a mom that just cooked all the time. I don't think I ever appreciated it until it was too late, you know? Um, but my mom was always cooking, was always making like incredible desserts too, is an incredible baker. And my grandma is an incredible chef too, but in a different kind of way, in like a country kind of way. Like imagine just like simple foods, but just done so well. Like she can make like a potato salad, like no one's business, you know? She can literally make like asparagus and mayonnaise, like no one's business, which that sounds like so weird, but it's like such a Nebraska thing. So yeah, I think I grew up with like really good food, you know? Um, I don't know, like one of my strongest like memories of like a kid and food is like my mom would make me this like strawberry jello cake every single year for my birthday. Um, it's like amazing, but it's like the shittiest thing ever. It just has like 10 jello packets and like normal cake mix, but it's like just so good. You just like don't care, you know? Um, but like there's this, I don't know. It was just like so cool. It was just like a, a food like tradition, you know? Oh, I for love everyone's that. birthdays. So, I yeah, love that. That's I, hope food. that. I hope someone still makes that for you at your next birthday, whenever your next birthday she's, is. She still makes it. Seriously, she made it last year. She's the real deal. And she still uses like the same cake toppers that she used when we were kids. So it's like all these like plastic, like hodgepodge of like candles and like little palm trees and balloon things. And I'm like, this is cute. That is adorable. Yeah. And tell me, did you grow up exploring and hiking and were mm. you a Boy Scout, that kind of thing? Mm, uh, yeah, Boy Scouts are like a huge thing in Nebraska because uh, we have nothing to do but do Boy Scout things and sport things. And so I just picked being a Boy Scout instead of doing sports. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I think that like nature was always in my life since I was a kid, but in ways that I never really gave myself credit for. Like through scouting, I was outside a lot. And even just being born and raised kind of in the countryside, like you're just outdoors a lot. And you don't think of like a farm really as like being outdoors, but it really is, you know, and it's, 
it's spending like more time outdoors than I ever really like thought. Like I was in my backyard all the time. I was at my grandma's house and on the farm all the time. And so I think that I always like appreciated nature, but I never really like respected it or advocated for it until like this past year uh, Mm -hmm. with the birth of Patty. So, and then like, even as like life as a photographer too, like in from college on like the past 10 years of my career, like you're outside all the time, you're in nature all the time, but I don't think I really respected nature even too. I like used it a lot. I was there a lot, but I kind of used it and like left, you know? Um, I never really tied myself to it. So yeah, we're feeling things differently lately. Yeah. You didn't see yourself as like a part of it so much. It was totally. It was like a place to be. You were there, you created with it, you like used it and then left. So I don't know. I think that I'm just like seeing things differently now. Like, I don't know, even during this quarantine, I'm like looking in my backyard and I'm like, there's a bird or I'm like, that tree has like 85 limbs on that branch. Wow. That's so special. <laughs> that's the level of boredom. I think up. we are all like having these little moments of existential. Like, no, my house has 185,000 bricks on it. Didn't know that. But let's talk a little bit about your career and um, your life as a photographer because you're, mm. you're a self-taught photographer and you're a really successful one, which is something that people may not realise if they haven't stalked you to the extent that I stalked you. Tell me about photography and the kind of lessons that being behind the camera taught you. Were you, were you very comfortable being behind the camera? Mm. Yeah, I think that uh, photography can teach a person a lot about the world. I think that it taught me that like there's always something to make and that like there's kind of no I don't know to me greater feeling than like making someone's day and just like how cool to give someone like a piece of art or a photo of themselves that they can just be like you know what like that photo like that's me like I see myself in that like that feels like a mirror of who I am but then also it taught me like on like the flip side like how easy it is to like fake something and like to make something that's not real and make something that is either otherworldly or that is like just so different from reality and that that can have a lot of magic too. I think that like, that's what I love in drag is that like drag, like photography is like, you can create any world you want. And I love escaping to that world. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I, I love photography. It's, a really special thing and it's taught me a lot about the world and it's taught me a lot about how I don't know how beautiful people are and how different people are so yeah before we get into Patty can I hear a little bit about your experience as a gay man and coming out as a gay man you've mentioned that although you grew up in kind of Central America it was a very liberal part of Central America Mm. Mm-hmm. Not Central America, Central Northern America. Yeah, middle, yeah, yeah. middle America. What do you, middle, middle America. America. Middle America. Just middle of nowhere or middle of everywhere. Yeah. Um, exactly, the epicenter. Yeah, could you tell us a bit about that and like, and, and how maybe kind of being outdoors and, and your photography kind of played into it or whether, mm. you know, it was, it was tricky for you, anything, anything along those lines? Yeah. Um, I think I knew I was gay. Uh, really, really young. And it's crazy to even think that like 15, like 
20 years ago now. Wow, I sound so old. Like things were just so different, you know? Like I, the only exposure that I had to gay people was literally like, oh, Lance Bass just came out from NSYNC, you know? Or like one celebrity out of a thousand like was brave enough to just come out. So there was shame written all over it. And I definitely faced homophobia and like gay slurs and all of that stuff all the time. But I never really like related the word like fag or gay or queer like to myself. And then like one day it kind of clicked in high school and I was like, oh, like they're talking about me. And I was never really a popular kid. Like I was always kind of like a shut-in kid. Like I was just like the the kid that still had like the baby fat on him, like all the way through high school, like this like jolly little, like wanted to be like the star of every musical, like star of every like show choir song kid. And just was like an artsy kid, but like putting a camera in my hands and like kind of embracing art showed me that like I had something to give the world. And then I think that it was kind of permission for me to give myself to the world in a way. And I think that's what like drag is letting me do too, is just, give myself to the world in a different way or serve a purpose in a different way. And that just feels awesome. It feels so special. It's like the, it's like the, I don't know. I think that like, uh, I said this when I spoke uh, to this like group of like uh, high school kids a while back, um, I spoke to them as Patty. This seems like a really weird metaphor to make, but like, I feel like as queer people, or as like allies in progress, really anyone in the world has a closet to come out of. And I think that you have to come out of that closet and you have to be like, okay, this is me. But then you have to figure out like, what are you gonna wear? Like what boots are you going to put on that you're going to like strut through the world with? And like, I think that that's, I think for everyone, right? It's not just for queer people. I think that we all have to come out of the closet as who we are and then put on our boots and know that like there is work to do and we have ourselves to be and we have life to embrace and we have people to embrace and that we should stop being afraid and just live life unapologetically. And so, yeah, I think I'm really thankful to have found some different pairs of boots along the way. That's so beautiful. Thank you. And let's talk about those boots because let's talk about them. I obviously know that I know I know you because of Patty. That's how I first came across you. But was Patty the creation of Patty, which I'd love to hear more about? Was that your first foot in to drag, or had you had you mm. had experience with drag prior to Patty? Good question. Wow, we are a researched queen. Wow. <laughs> um, so I did drag once before Patty was born. And I did it at a photography conference. There was like four or 500 people there. It was in California. I was in a super comfortable place. I was surrounded by friends. And there's a dance party at like the end of this kind of like photography festival. And kind of the invitation is just to come as whoever you be and just dress however you want to be and so people go all in like people put all these outfits on put all this time into these outfits and it's just a really beautiful like celebration of life and the dance party like lasts until 4 a.m and um i decided to uh go and drag for the first time and i got this outfit ready 
Um, her name was Ginger Snap. She was a uh, redhead photographer moment. Um, hello. But she was like a bad bitch. She was like a like bad girl Riri, like biker gloves, like leather everything. Nice. I don't really totally like spiritually relate to her, but like she happened. <laughs> but I went to this party as Ginger Snap and it was so crazy because so many of my friends there had no idea it was me. Like Stop literally no it. idea. Yeah. Stop. I mean, it's kind of crazy, right? But I mean, granted, there's like this like six foot seven in heels, like woman starting through. They're like, who is that? And like eventually everyone found out. But it was a really beautiful experience. And it felt like super freeing. And because I was there with like so many photographers, so many people took photos. And I shared some of those photos online on my like photography page. and um woke up the next morning to like more hate than I've ever gotten but not hate in the form of like like it wasn't like people saying like like fag to me in my dms it wasn't people being like outright like hateful it was like the people that I knew that I thought were in my corner like hit that unfollow button or just stop talking to me over the next month or two or just distance themselves and we're like oh um this yeah not down for this and it was crazy like I literally woke up to like 10,000 people on following me uh it was just weird and then it kind of hit me I was like oh should I not do this because like I have a business and I have like you know I'm have a very public like job at like weddings and like on photo shoots to be this professional person and is this like taking it too far or is this just me trying to be me and it just really sucked and it really hurt. I like literally even came home to my house and like literally someone had egged my house in Nebraska. I'm not kidding. Like it sucked. It just felt like eerie. It felt weird. Oh. Um, and I'm really thankful for like a lot of my friends that like helped talk me through like, you know what? Like you didn't need any of those people. You needed yourself and you need the people who are linked arms with you right now because those people matter even more and the only people that matter. And it took me a while to figure that out. I think I'm still figuring that out. Um, I think that like outside of drag, um, I'm a pretty, what's known as in the queer community, like straight passing person. Like if I want to fool you and put on drag in almost a different way, I can fool you to thinking that I'm straight. You'd have no idea. You'd have no idea that I do drag. I'm very male presenting. Um, I'm not necessarily naturally like effeminate person until kind of I feel comfortable around you. And then I feel like I can let my love a little queen juice fly wow use that audio bite patty says let your queen juice fly what the fuck <laughs> anyway but all that to say that i think i'm still figuring that out and i feel like drag is a very vulnerable place like i do not feel comfortable when i do drag yet um i feel like actually more in touch with my femininity than ever before but i'm having to leave behind like so much toxic masculinity in my life because like when i first came out to everyone um in like my hometown and my family like i was told the message of like we love you and we accept you for being gay um which i was so thankful for but it came with a giant but and that but was but don't do drag but don't be effeminate but don't change but don't ever be trans like being trans is a choice like being gay is a choice and i don't fault people for that at the time because i didn't even understand that much about it i still viewed it as very like black and white gay or straight and I think, you know, even again, 15, 20 years ago, like the AIDS crisis was just different than it is now. And people were just like really worried about 
people falling into like drug scenes in the queer world or club scenes in the queer world. And so I kind of internalized that. And like my voice, when I came out, it got lower. Like my straightness got even more because I was like, well, if I can be a straight gay, if I can kind of deceive people even more, and if I can be gay too, then that will be like the greatest form of gay that I can be. Like, you know, like be gay, but also challenge everything they know because they think that I'm going to like suddenly turn into this like queenie femme girl. And I'm like, not. So like, yeah, there was a lot of toxicity that happened. There was a lot of like, well, let me bulk up in the gym. Let me eat a shit ton of protein every day. Let me drop my voice. Let me just almost like drag it up even further as a man. So I don't know. So that was my first experience doing drag. But then also now that's still what I'm internalizing as Patty. Like I'm like, how do I balance kind of the both? And how do I kind of gender bend for a purpose? And like, what is drag and what isn't drag? And what I'm finding is everything is drag. Life is drag. Everyone is doing drag every single day, no matter who you are. Like if you are at your office workplace, you have your office work, workplace drag of like, I'm professional, but yet I'm casual, but yet like I'm kind of chic and cute, but then I'm this and that. We're all worrying about perception all the time. And every little bit of clothes we put on or nail polish we put on, or even the way we present, all drag. Mm-hmm. Like my hand mannerisms right now that people can't see, it's all drag. Anyway. It's all performative. Kinda, it's all performative. Yeah, especially we are all. If you, no, go for it, go for it. Well, especially if you <laughs> add in the mix of, you know, this kind of pressure to build a personal brand, which has been mm. piling on us since social media came to the forefront. Totally. Oh my gosh. Yeah. The internet is drag. Like who we all are on the internet is the biggest form of drag I think we all participate in. And it's not like it's a bad thing. I think it's actually really beautiful. I think it's crazy cool to see people's um to see people's creativity. I just think that there's a fine line of like, oh, are we even deceiving ourselves that like, you know, like are we being honest to ourselves about who we are? Because I think we can forget that as we build these personal brands that are almost larger than life or bigger than we are, or just not necessarily like we don't see us in it anymore. So I think it's really important to hold on to like who you are in it. But I think you've done it very successfully because you've never, you know, you're, 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 you're dressing up and you're in drag and you're patty and, but you are also very, you seem very authentically yourself and you never pretend to be anything that you're not. And I mm. see that as like separate to who you are when you're to, to drag. I see that separately to drag in a way. Mm. But can we, wind, can we wind back a little bit? Because yeah. I'd, I'd love to, to talk more about Patty. How did the plan to share Patty on Instagram come about? And did you expect mm. it to kind of explode in the way that it has? uh great questions uh yeah i don't think i could have ever imagined this or that like i would love patty as much or that i could even like do this because i don't think i ever think even like two or three years ago i would have like allowed myself the freedom to just be myself in this way so it feels like a huge like personal win to me and like patty is like so personal to me because it's like it's the expression, but it's also like my personal journey of just like stripping away all of that toxic masculinity of stripping away everything I thought I knew about the world and just embracing creativity in a whole new way and embracing how I feel like even more connected to nature and to mother nature in like every single way. So 
yeah, I could have never seen this coming genuinely, but I think the biggest surprise and like kind of the biggest, like most beautiful thing about it so far is that I feel like a genuine community has formed around Patty and like, it's not just people that are like, oh, queen, yes, work, like, we worship you, queen, which is, like, the way it is in the drag world very often, but it's kind of, like, a lot of people that are realizing that, like, they are queens, too, like, and I don't mean that they're, like, suddenly becoming drag queens, I mean that, like, they're just realizing that, like, what they see in me, I think they're starting to see in themselves, and I think that feels really special and really important, and, like, especially, like, kids, like, young queer kids that follow me, especially even, I don't know, other gay men who follow me that are stripping away kind of that like drag of performative like masculinity. Um, I think that that feels really special to like hear and that just means the world. And that's like almost something that like I double couldn't have expected. Normally being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast. And up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com acast. Um, but I mean, yeah, like... Patty was literally born, literally born out of one viral video. Like I literally went backpacking with my friends like on the Continental Divide Trail in Colorado and backpacked in the same pair of boots I wore as Ginger Snap. Um, and those pair of boots literally sat in my closet for like six months after Ginger Snap and I didn't take them out once. Like, cause I was too afraid to. I was like, this caused me pain. Like why would I ever do this again? And I took them out of the closet and I just put them in my like giant ass backpack. And I was just like, well, like maybe I'll like go to the summit of some mountain and just like throw a little high kick on there and like take a funny photo, whatever. And then that photo turned into like a few videos and a few more like little videos on that same trip. Went home, literally edited the video like next to my mom on the couch. And I was like, hey, mom, is like this a good clip? And she's like, no, this one. And I was like, okay, like, whoa, whatever. And like, <laughs> maybe it's a director like literally my mother um edited this video posted it online and like it blew up and like went viral it like went more viral than just like exploded on instagram it was like on instagram like people put it on tiktok like people put it on youtube it like made some like good morning segments like on like news it was like this like big thing and literally i had like all these news sources like in my inbox being like hi we want to interview we want to interview you and they were like, so tell us about your journey. And I was like, there is literally no journey. Like I literally just 
was birthed out of the birth canal of mother nature right now and like literally they were like well do you have any photos of you in drag and i'm like yo i've literally done drag once and they were like okay well we'll just take whatever we can get and they kind of blew it into like these stories that were like it's this backpacking drag queen that's like always been out there and i was like no i literally just started this so i feel like i've just been figuring it out over the past year in front of like a shit ton of people and trying to figure out like okay like what can this look like if I build this and genuinely like approach it as like, it's more than just me. It's like an us and it's a we. And like, what can it look like if I also put out there like all of my fails and my stumbles and falls too? Because like, listen, like I do not want any person that follows me to sit there and be like, oh, it is this like person that's figured it all out because like I am fucking figuring it out day by day and failing all the time, including failing about like, loving on mother nature and like sustainability and like being zero waste too. like I am the furthest thing from zero waste, but I know I'm trying harder than I've ever tried before. Mm-hmm. What's been like really beautiful to me too, is like every single time I put like a failure out there, I put like a real story. People are literally like, Oh my fucking God. Like, thank God someone's saying this because like me too, you know? But it's so interesting because I think when you see someone with a big following, who's kind of slightly talking about things, to do with sustainability you think they know everything and you oh think God, they must have all figured it out and that's i think that's actually super problematic because then you hold that person at a high, at a high, on a different pedestal on a higher pedestal yeah. and then they feel like they have a lot less space i'm speaking mm. like kind of personally now mm. they have a lot less space to to mess up but totally. what you do so brilliantly is you are so open about the, so open about the fact that you don't know and mm. what you have curated is a true sense of community maybe another reason why sorry just analyzing this further i think another reason why you're maybe so good at it is because potentially because of your experience behind the camera and trying to tell a story from the other side aside that makes you more collaborative in your approach now potentially Mm. totally i think that like for sure like 10 years of doing photography art direction creative direction has just like it's honed in my creativity, but it's also like honed in my, like, uh, my tolerance for like no bullshit. Like I can't put up with bullshit in my life. And like, I can't put up with bullshit with myself. So I'm just like, well, I'm just going to try to tell the truth here. And like, also Venetia, like, I don't want to be like, even like half ass with you about this either, but like, I have a long way to go. I have a lot more privilege to acknowledge. I am so thankful to hold the diversity card and that like I am queer and that I do drag in the outdoors and that's like a weird thing but also like there are a lot more intersectional people and people with a lot more layers of queerness or identity and I think I'm learning a lot about like what it looks like to not like be for those people but to genuinely be like what does it look like to diversify my life in every way because like to me like life is an ecosystem and we all need to be like net positives to every single ecosystem we're in. And I take up a shit ton of space in the outdoors and I take up a shit ton of space online and I take up a shit ton of space, like in the media and in like the, like even like in like the like outdoor community, like I'm very aware of that a lot more space that like a lot of other people could take up and the, a lot of other people deserve all the shine in the world. So I'm learning a lot about like what it looks like to pass the mic, what it looks like to realize your capital even further. Like your like platform is a form of capital. Your money is a form of capital. Your skin color is a form of capital. 
your voice is a form of capital. Like what are you going to do to use your voice to fight for the things that you think are worth fighting for? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I can, I can relate to a lot of what you've said. I've been like unraveling my various mm-hmm. levels of privilege for, for quite a little while now. Yeah. And um, what I've found so eye opening about and I'm what I'm so grateful for about with climate activism and my own climate activism and it's it's it is that it's making me realize that if you are a climate activist or you want to be a climate activist you want to be a climate an activist for the planet you have to be an activist for social justice issues you have mm-hmm. to be an activist for queer issues you have to be an activist for everything and I think that is what's so important as well about the fact that you are combining intersections in your own activism because mm. it, it's everything, right? Like at first I was like, I can just be an advocate for the planet. Oh no, honey, you cannot. Mm-hmm. If you want to be an activist for the planet, you have to be an activist for the people. You have to be an activist for everything. Totally. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And I think what I'm learning is that like, when you say that, like there's a piece of me, like the muggle me that's like, oh my gosh, that's so overwhelming. Like, how can I do it all? But then I realized like being an activist, being an advocate, being an ally, first of all, like I'm realizing in my life, like those are not titles. Those are like badges earned that people give you. Um, And so I love saying like advocate in progress or ally in progress or like accomplice because the word accomplice, there's like shit to fuck up. There's things to do. Like we need accomplices in this work. But also it's like, it doesn't have to look like marching on the front lines and being like this like pinnacle of like all these things and being a Greta. It can look like, again, can you care 1% more for your neighbor? Can you be the best, best friend you can be? Can you use one thing less of plastic a day? Awesome. Those are little wins. And like those little wins are all I've held on to in this journey with Patty for real. Like, cause it's not this grandiose put on this dress strut through the world, like all the time. It's like me, like strutting through the world in my head. I mean like, fuck yes, queen. You just did that. That's so fucking cool. Yes. Go you, uh, you know, for real. Like I am like, Oh my gosh, I am so cool. I did not use this plastic. I am a fucking world saver. I am so fucking awesome, but it's like stupid. But like, it's like, I have to encourage myself, you know? Absolutely. And I don't want anyone to, to listen to how I spoke about that to like feel overwhelmed. Cause I, I, when I heard totally. myself saying it, I was like, Oh my God, that's a lot. But it's, it's, no, totally. it's actually, it's actually like, it can be quite relieving when you, it's, it's a way of realizing that like everything is connected and it's not yes. just, it's not just about one thing. It's about. It's everything. It's everything, everything is connected. And yeah, I think that like, um, everything is connected. And I think that like, it's really beautiful when you realize like all it comes down to is like, the shit you can control like what can i control in my life like do you know who john mayer is Manisha? i do know who john mayer is i know okay, i'm english people, but he's made it over people here in england like know who john mayer is yes do they know okay and he has a line in a song that says like the words on a billboard have like never changed someone's mind you know so when i like think about climate activism or activism of, or advocacy or allyship or whatever it's not like the holding the sign at the climate strike like that is great and that is like a moment to like pin of like being proud of a thousand other moments you're doing behind the scenes that no one sees like what kind of a climate activist i'm asking myself like what kind of a climate activist environmental advocate social justice advocate am i when no one is watching when i'm not putting on instagram 
when I am not, when there are no eyes on me, like when I am like in an airport and I'm like, no one's watching and I can just grab a plastic bottle. Like, you know, like, so I think that for me, it's looking at like, that that is activism, that is advocacy, that is allyship, even more than any of the actions, even for anyone else, because I can always control my own actions and my own behaviors, and I can always use my voice. Those are things that I have in my life every day that I can do every single day. There's no barrier between me and my actions or using my voice. And that's a privilege too, because there's a lot of people that can't use their voice. Mm -hmm. I was going to ask you when you feel most yourself but I Mm. think I'd like to change that to when do you feel most comfortable and most content (laughs) I think I feel the most comfortable when so like two sides of it one when I'm around my people when I'm around like the people that love me the people that like know me for me for all the different beautiful colors of me in the rainbow and I think that's something I really like struggle with with like Patty's journey and with like just like life online which all of us are living is that like I think we only get seen for like a few colors of who we are or we feel like if we step outside the lines of that that like it's like the gig's up you've been found out like you're human too and we're all human but so I think I feel most comfortable when I'm with my people but genuinely I think I'm finding like I also feel the most comfortable when I am outdoors when I am on a hike when I am like walking around my park. Like I literally on like, I think it was Wednesday. It's like two days ago. I was just like, I can't be indoors anymore. And I just took like my little blanket, went to like the park down the street from my house. And I just like, I fell asleep. Like what? I've, I've never done that before. Just like gone to a park and just like fallen asleep. Like, and if that isn't feeling comfortable enough to like fall asleep, like I don't know what is, but I was literally just like, okay, like, whoa, then maybe there are some like weird correlations. Like, cause I think that like, I told myself the lie of like, you're the most pleased one outdoors, but like, I'm starting to really feel that, you know? Mm-hmm. And I went on my first solo backpacking trip right before everything with COVID-19 happened, literally the weekend before it happened. It was like my first time outdoors for like 48 hours alone with like no Wi-Fi, like no anything. And shit, if that wasn't scary, but also if that wasn't like freeing, like I literally just like screamed whenever I wanted to and I like sang to myself and I felt like so comfortable because I was completely fucking alone. Like literally I was so alone. I was like, this is almost comical how alone I am because like we're always so connected. We're not around people, we're around the internet. And I was like, well, this is real. Like I am out there, like literally out there alone. But it was really beautiful. And I felt really seen. I felt really comfortable. <laughs> also was going like fucking crazy. Like I was sort of like, oops. <laughs> like literally down the trail. And I was like, I am a fucking lunatic. When it's, can I tell you a fact? Tell me a fact. This time, 20 years ago, Oops, I did it again, came out. Today, to the day, to the day. To the day. Oh my God. Isn't that crazy? I feel like we could talk so much (laughs) about so many things. Can we talk about your three kitchen essentials, please? Your three ingredients (laughs) that knowing knowing you have them in your kitchen makes you feel more relaxed about life. We can totally talk about my three kitchen essentials. The first thing is either my iPhone or my speaker because I love to play music or listen to podcasts. It is my number one kitchen essential because I can't cook 
or be in the kitchen unless I'm listening to something. So I am aware that it serves absolutely no purpose except for like it puts my mental sanity in the right place. But I'm like, play this American life, play that Britney album, whatever. Like, but then just like cook and be. So I love music. Thing number two, a blender. Because <laughs> it makes me feel like I am so good at cooking when it requires no talent at all. So literally, and also like it really helps me be healthy because I'm like, I'm not naturally a person that's drawn to like eating salads all the time or whatever. So it's very practical. It like helps me like get my greens and stuff. But blender, also plot twist. I literally take my blender with me like on the road in my car when I car camp. Like I literally plug it into my car and I use it. And it's like a huge way that I stay healthy on the road is like by eating like green smoothies all the time or eating different things that can mix in a blender. So like while other people have their stoves, I'm just like, give me a blender, literally give me a blender. So YOLO. Third thing, um, a towel because I spill all the time. So what? So I've, those are the most boring three kitchen essentials no, you've ever gotten. What, what I've loved so much is that usually, because this is a common mistake with my guests, they think I mean appliances and other things, and usually I interrupt them and I say, no, 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 ingredients, and they say, oh, <gasps> uh, yeah, and we've just had that moment, but I didn't want to interrupt you because they were so uh, joyful. Uh, I love them. Ingredients. Yeah. <sighs> But I don't That's think I put so that on our little funny. text message. So you're excused. But can you tell me the literally, ingredients? Oh my gosh. Yes, I would love to tell you ingredients. And this is totally going to be like a towel. completely unscripted. Here we go. Eggs. They're in everything. I love an egg. I think it's the perfect protein. I love eggs so much. Two. Everything but the bagel seasoning. Who the fuck doesn't love it? Do you guys have this in England? What? You don't know, oh my gosh, everything but the bagel seasoning. I've never heard of this. That's a question for Max, I think. I need to have a little debrief with him about this off this podcast. I can easily explain it. Are you ready? Yeah. So it's everything that's on like an everything bagel. Like it's like the little like dried onion, like uh, the little like sesame seeds, like all the like salt, like the seasoned salt, like all those things that you put on the top of like a bagel, like an everything bagel. In America, it's like a huge thing. This is such but a it's everything, answer. I love it. But this is my life. Everything but the bagel. So like you can put it, it's like a little seasoning shaker. You put it, you know, whatever. I'm like a Trader Joe's human. For everyone from America, they're going to be like snaps. Yep, I see you. It's like you put on avocado toast. You put on everything. Um, but it's really good. So I'm basically. In America, see, I'm going to buy it. Please do. Am I so basic if I say coffee? I mean, no, like, I love coffee so much. I love cold brew so much. So I always have cold brew. But it's not really an ingredient. Like, I don't put it in things. It counts. But, you know, but it's, it's better so than good. a towel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to for sure agree on that. Mm-hmm. How would you feel about a quick fire? I would love a quick fire. I have dreamed of this. I cannot wait. Quick fire with when? Breakfast, lunch, go. or dinner? breakfast tea or coffee coffee oat milk or almond milk Mm, oat milk pancakes or waffles 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 or bagels waffles heels or mountain boots heels trail or runway 
both s'mores or trail mix s'mores mariah or britney mm, britney ranger reba or park ranger patty park ranger patty before hike feels or post hike feels both all the time give away or give back mm, give back mother or nature <laughs> uh, these are good Venetia. i mean mother chocolate or nut butter mm, nut butter talking or taste buds talking that was quick fire dude that was good those are some good either ors i did some that was amazing did some research okay penultimate question what lifts your soul what lifts my soul hmm. i feel like especially like now more than ever like what lifts my soul is like literally like laughing and joy and i'm gonna sound like such an inspirational speaker drag queen but literally maybe i am that but like what a radical act joy and laughter is especially in a time like now you know i'm like yeah stuff is really messed up and stuff is really hard and like hard for all of us but like what a radical act like what lifts my soul more than just like joy and laughter and like just forgetting for a little bit like the weight of the world just joyful it feels so like radical to me so that's what's been like really lifting my spirits lately but also i think that like art does that too things that make you feel things that make you like think another level further or escape another level further are really important i feel like i love that answer and finally mm, what is your death row dinner starter main and dessert oh my gosh such a good question um starter crab rangoon are you kidding duh have to crab rangoon main i feel like for my main course um it would be any dish that like someone makes with genuine love like when they come to the table and they're like i made this and like and this is special to me like this is like a family recipe or like this is like my thing i'm like that's just when it's like so delicious you know you like when i'm at like my second family's house and they make their like teriyaki chicken like thing and it's just like the thing they always make and like it's the thing we always eat i'm like that's awesome you know or when i'm at like my mom's house and she like makes that strawberry cake I'm like, oh my gosh, yes. So I guess that's my dessert too, is like a dessert when someone's like, this is my thing, you know, like I make these chocolate chip cookies better than anyone else. I'm like, yes, you do. Like, let's eat them, you know? So cop out answers, but truthful answers. I'm like, anything that's made with like, you know? I love that. I love and I, I absolutely hear, I hear it. You can taste it. You can taste the, I've had people who come on the podcast talk about this before. You can taste the energy of the food and the person. Absolutely. Feel it. Oh my gosh. Because it's all about the details and it's all about like the missing ingredient of like love and care and like that extra amount of time, you know, like how crazy radical too to like give someone like two or three hours of your life to make like a whole entire meal start to finish, like starter, main and like dessert. Like it takes so much time. I mean, you literally live with a chef that like is like in the kitchen all the time, you know? And like, it's a crazy amount of love and care that goes into this stuff. And like, 
I think I took it for granted when like I was a kid with my mom, you know? And I was like, wow, you're in there for like two or three hours. And I, I would like shame her for that. I'd be like, you spend like half your day cooking. And she's like, and I was like, what an ungrateful little bitch I was, you know? <laughs> what a way to end this interview. She was there like, I love you. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, love ya. <laughs> so, yeah. Patty, when this has been the most joyful way to spend an hour in self-isolation, let me tell you, honestly, thank you, you so know. much. It's right back at you. This has been a little rainbow um, in the middle of my Friday. Thanks for taking the time. Thanks Thank for wanting you. to have me. Thank you. Yay! Yay. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed what you heard, please do share it on your Instagram stories. I love seeing your tags and I know that Patty and Wim would be really excited to see that you're enjoying the show too. And I really hope you're okay. I'm sending you so much love and a big hug. These are really strange times and I'm finding podcasts quite helpful in making me feel a little bit calmer about what's happening and I hope that Talking Taste Buds is doing the same for you. As always, you can hit the show notes for links to my guests and further information and I will be back next week for a brand new episode. But until then, I'm sending you lots of love and have a wonderful day. Bye-bye. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.